Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing, my chance to talk with artists, policymakers, and performers, to hear their stories, what inspires their creations, what decisions change their careers, what relationships influenced their work. My guest is comedian, television host, actor, singer, producer, and author, Jimmy Fallon. Do you know what a podcast is? Do you know what that is? Because you're like old school entertainment. No, you're no. the host of The Tonight Show. It couldn't get any more older than that format. It, what is it, real to real tapes? You're, you're part of a legacy of people who are dead or nearly dead. <laughs> As a kid in upstate New York, legend has it that Fallon's kindergarten photo had a caption that read, most likely to take over from David Letterman. In fact, after a detour to Saturday Night Live and Late Night, Fallon eventually succeeded Carson and Leno at The Tonight Show last year. Since then, he's taken the legendary NBC franchise beyond monologues and celebrity interviews to create some of the most viral moments in recent TV history. Whether he's mom dancing with Michelle Obama, lip sync battling with Emma Stone, or doing his perfect Neil Young impersonation next to the actual Neil Young, Jimmy Fallon has become the omnipresent prince of comedy in our news feeds. Do you always do this shirtless? <laughs> Listen to me. What I want to know is, what you're doing right now, was this the plan? No. What happened? No, there, there was no plan about this at all. My ultimate goal was to be on Saturday Night Live. That was the dream beyond dream. I didn't even know I could dream bigger than that, or that was it. That was the ultimate dream. I'm in Socrates, New York, upstate New York. I had my sister, Gloria, and my mom and dad, and my grandparents. No one was in the business or anything. We had no connection to anyone that was an agent or anyone from Hollywood or anyone knew anyone that knew anything. It was you and your sister? Yeah. My sister's really funny. Is she really? Oh, yeah. The, the whole family's more... But you grew up, people thought you were funny. Yeah. And you tried to be funny. Yeah. Like, if we would go out, you know, or my parents would have friends over, have a party. You know, we're very Irish. Our neighbors were Italian, uh, and we were Irish. And between both of us, there was a party every weekend. And it was good, and my parents would make me do stand-up. And they would go, go do Rodney Dangerfield. So they encouraged you to perform. Yeah. Do Rodney, do Rodney Dangerfield. And yeah. you would? Yeah. I'd when be. you were how old? Ten, probably. It's crazy now, you know, to look back and go, wait, that's right, I did all that stuff. I remember, I used to, like, imitate him, and I would listen to Rodney records. My dad would have the records, but they were very, you know, overprotective, and so they didn't want me hearing any dirty words. So my dad would take a car key and scratch out the F words. On the record? On the record. You're kidding me. So it would skip over, I still have the record, it skip over <laughs> I've never line. heard of that technique before. <laughs> well, the never, car key sensor. technique. I was ruining the whole joke. Like Rodney would set up this <laughs> whole joke and just skip to another premise. You know, like, I'll tell you, my wife, you know, she came yeah. in the bedroom. I told and, this boy, get out of here before I... <laughs> You. <laughs> it's even worse, yeah. Get out of my room before. <laughs> so the other day, I was walking. And I go, so I used to, what do you call it? I used to love his voice and his delivery and, you know, the sound of that. So I used to imitate those jokes. And, uh, but I always thought if I was cutting a birthday cake, which is normally a Carvel ice cream cake, uh, or wishing on a star or throwing a coin in a fountain, I would secretly wish to be on Saturday Night Live. What well, are the people? Uh, did you think, sit there and go, God, he's funny? Steve Martin. So Steve Martin was a hero. So yeah. And who else? Oh, who else did I listen to? Uh, Jose Jimenez, uh, Bob Newhart. Uh, Old school guys. Yeah. TV Smothers shows Brothers. you watch. Right. I love the Smothers Brothers. But they weren't on when you were a kid. Well, I think they were. I mean, that's how I, I had to have been. 
I remember them. Uh, uh, John Biner's Bizarre. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Uh, Super Dave Osborne. Jonathan Winters. I love Jonathan Winters. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to go into the business from the beginning? No, was, it, was, was there a Jimmy Fallon who said, I'm going to be a cop, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to really get into show business? Or did you think I, you would? I think in order it started, I wanted to be a baseball player because my, my grandfather, they lived in our backyard, my grandparents, in like a cottage in our backyard. It was legal. But we fed them through a slot, a slot in the door. <laughs> in the door yeah. I mean, and they, from what we hear, they were healthy when they died. So I would come from school and I'd go hang out with my grandparents. My mom went shopping or something like that. And, you know, and uh, my mom didn't drive, so you would walk everywhere. My but dad barely drove. They're from, both from Brooklyn. And my grandparents, so no one in Brooklyn knows how to drive because they take cabs and buses everywhere. So they taught me how to drive. So I'm awful to this day. But I would just go home and hang out with them. I'd talk to my grandma, and I'd take things apart and try to fix things. And she'd call me. She's like, you're my Einstein. You're, little, you're Einstein. You're, you're going to fix things. Where's the moment you say to yourself, I think I can do this professionally? Or did you ever have that moment until years later? The big thing was I heard, my mom heard about an uh, impression contest on the radio. They said they're going to be at Bananas Comedy Club, funniest person in the Hudson Valley contest, right outside of Socrates, New York, Poughkeepsie, New York. And they said, uh, but that was the local comedy club. And they said, have two minutes ready of an impression. Any impression you do, the What'd best you do? one you do. I did more than one. I did. You don't have to do it now, but what were some of the impressions well, you took? I could do then? my act, I think, now, but I, 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 did a, I had a troll doll that someone gave me for my uh, high school graduation, which one am I going to do with that? But it, said, it was a troll doll with a graduation cap, said, like, best of luck or something. So I took the hat off and I said, I'm doing commercials for different, I want different stars, celebrities to be the spokesman for this troll doll. Let's start up. First, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I go, okay, what kind of dolls are these? <laughs> With the hairs, his arms don't even move. This is a doll who buys these things. He doesn't even have pants on. And then, you know, I chant, I do uh, uh, Bill Cosby or something. Like, With the look of the thing, with the lip hanging down, and then you see the web the troll would look at the thing. Then you know, I do uh, Travolta, and be like, Sandy, I can't believe this, like, look at this thing over here at. Can't hit my hair. Yeah, the, my, my hair, I did the hair thing. Yeah. Then I did Pee Wee. The big joke, the, the closer was, it was Bullwinkle. I said, oh, maybe I should play with myself. And then I pull out a Bullwinkle doll. From the back, <laughs> and then and then I, and then I, the next the last person was Pee Wee Herman. I go, I know what you mean, Bullwinkle. I like to play with myself too. <laughs> right, right, it was right. topical at the time. Crush. That was a good thing. It was all in two minutes. I ran through it, and uh, I won first place. You won first place. Yeah. And so, where does that lead to? What happens? I made money off that. I forget now how much it was. It was five hundred bucks or something like that, cash. And I go, oh my gosh, I got this for two minutes of work. This is the biggest money I'll ever I'll ever have. I laid it on my kitchen table and took pictures of it and posed next to it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was a big deal. And I go, oh, maybe I'll just... So I started entering contests, talent contests. And then Bananas Comedy Club said, why don't you come and start being the MC here? So I started doing that every weekend. My dad would drive me down to the uh, comedy club. We'd stay overnight in the hotel. I'd do these things that opened for Kevin James and... All these people. Like, so, you, so you get into that circuit. Yeah. You, you, you're in. Louis Black. Louis Black was the first time I realized what comedies, like the idea of having an act. He was a guy who was talking to me like we're talking. Like, oh, yeah, so you're, oh, your name's Jimmy? Okay, it's good. And you're going to go up? All right, good to see you. And then I go, ladies and gentlemen, Louis Black. And he comes on stage. He's like, Clinton, Bill Clinton. And I go, what, ha- what right. is going on? Yeah. That's, you can do that? Yeah. He was just a normal dude. I go, oh, he's doing an act. 
Yeah. It was unbelievable. Seinfeld even told me that about himself. He said, I go up on stage when I perform. He goes, and I, he goes I'm me, but I blow myself up. Yeah, because we've hung out with Seinfeld before together. Do you find yourself becoming him a little bit when you t hang out with him? I just stare at him whenever I'm around him. <laughs> I just stare at him. I'm like, it's Seinfeld. You know, he's very normal. I start, you know? I go the opposite. And then he'll go, he'll, like, we'll, have, we'll talk about the weather, boats, kids, and then finally I'm staring at him. We'll go, we're friends. Why are you doing that? <laughs> But he, would, <clears throat> he, 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 I start acting like him in obser making observational comedy about anything. Like he called me up for the comedians and cars thing, and so I go, uh, I call him back. I go, sure, I'd love to do comedians and cars. He goes, oh, well, thank you for calling me back. I go, that's the least I can do. He goes, do you really have to say that? <laughs> the least, <laughs> the least you can do. I go, let's not get in a fight already. I just got right. on the phone. He goes, Put your sword away. You don't have to say it's the I don't least. Want to today. The least you can do. Really? It's the least you can do? But you know what's funny? Is Thank the, you for doing the least you can do. But, that, but that's a perfect insight into you, which is the comics that you emulated, like Steve, who you can send up certain things, you can mock certain things, but he's not mean. You're not mean. No. Did you try mean material when you were younger and you didn't like it? I tried. Well, well, yeah, I did. I, I tried to keep my act clean. My grandfather said... Don't work blue or try to... Fuck him. We care what he thinks. He's in the cell with <laughs> Granny getting the tray slid underneath. They ate great. They ate like kings. But... But you thought about being more cynical and more snarky and mean. I did have a couple, you know, I'd say the F word a couple of times, and it just didn't come out. Right. But I mean, making fun of people. No, I never really did that. Uh, no. Update would have some of that, but that wasn't you. That was more like it's the news. You have to talk about topics. Yeah. It has to be topics. And that's just how, yeah, which is what we have to do now with the monologue and the Tonight Show. It's like sometimes we get into things like, ah, I just have to do well, it. I'm going to get to the Tonight Show. But, but prior to that, your nature is to be. I want everyone to be in on the joke. And you don't do anything at anybody's expense, which is kind yeah, of a miracle. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, but I, my comedy wasn't like that. I think I, I also, I used to tape all these comedians from the 80s. Well, you did the Kevin, you're opening for Kevin James and you're doing the comedy clubs and you're how old? Uh, well, that, 18, 19, 20? Yeah, I probably, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah. 19. You went to college where? College of St. Rose in Albany. For how long? For three years. I was to there. study what? Communications. What happened? Jeez, you idiot. I know. No, yeah. well, I, com I did computer science first. Oh, God, you're even more of an idiot. No, I knew C++. You threw away three years up in snowy Albany and with all those legislative trash up there studying communications. <laughs> and you could have been doing stand-up. <laughs> I did do stand-up <clears throat> on weekends. That's what I'm saying. So you kept doing that. And I did, I did a show at my St. Joseph's Auditorium in the college. And I go, I think we got paid 50 bucks and we split me and my friend Frank. Did you lay that on the table, the 50 bucks, and take a picture with it? <laughs> that one was a check. It was not as much fun. <laughs> right. Cash is much more fun. But my point is that you're, you're going down to New York while you're at the college. You're going down to the city still doing stand-up. I started, uh, no, not really. I, I really just stuck around the Albany area and just doing, because I So the city was after? The city was after. City How long were you in the city before you go to L.A.? Um, a year or two? Barely. 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 Months. I just started, because I couldn't get booked at Caroline's or, you know, a comic strip. So or, why do you go to L.A.? Uh, I went to L.A. because I knew that... What was her name? Randy Siegel was her name. <laughs> no, it was a manager. And uh, Randy Siegel, and she said, she called me, she worked for Ray Rio, and Ray Rio worked at Brosey and Gray, and I, being a fan of Saturday Night Live, knew that every every cast member was on... Uh, with, with Bernie. With Bernie Brillstein. And Lauren was Bernie Brillstein, so I go, wow. And she was like, yeah, I just did something with Sandler, and at the time, Sandler was my idol. I go, oh, my gosh. So I said, she goes, I think you should come out for uh, pilot season. What do you want to do? And I go, 
I want to be on Saturday Night Live. She's like, okay. But realistically. I just said pilot season. Yeah, she yeah, goes, right. I didn't even know what that means. Right. So I go, great. So she goes, but it's now. So you got to come now. This is the perfect time. It's just no one knows you. You'll be the fresh new guy out here. And I go, okay. Call my parents. I go, I got to call from a manager. They got my tape and my resume, and I, I, I think I should do it. I'm going to move out there. And my parents were like, okay. I wait Who's going to feed grandma? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, hold on. We don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> we have to drive the car to the back of the driveway. Yeah, They're all point, the way in the back of the yard. At this point, they were trying to... We got a whole acre here. Fa- fasting was cool. You don't need to eat now. You they can... got into meditation, Grandma and Grandpa. Real quick, real quick. <laughs> they're, they're eating cloth. Yeah, they became like, Buddhist like, really quick. Like the crumb the, documentary. The string. They pass it through their <laughs> like, intestines. Like the crumb documentary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're pulling that rope through there, whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's a good trick either way. It's incredible. Uh, so they uh, and uh, they go, great, we believe in you, and go for it. And I go, great, so I have my guitar, and I have whatever money I can get out we from my parents. We have to do that on your show. I want to come on where we swallow the rope and we pull it out of our butt. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Wait, do we read like uh, jokes? Like, uh, then we watch it hanging out to dry. Knock, knock jokes when it comes out, but you got to keep pulling to get to the fun side. <laughs> <laughs> news ticker tape, by the Can way. Can we pull things out of our ass at Yeah, we have to do okay. that. Yeah, right. we have to do it. Oh, so, so, way, so pilot, no one's done. No one's done that. No one's done that. That could be funny. Pilot season. <laughs> we're bathrobes. Pilot uh, season. I went out there and I just I, I started taking acting lessons with Gordon Hunt, Hel- Helen Hunt's dad. And I did. You uh, felt you needed that? Yeah, well, I figured... Or was it just what everybody was doing then? No, my manager time on their was hands. telling me that, look, as a comedian, you don't know how to act with other people on stage. Was know? that true? It is true. Did it help you? It definitely helped me. Well, the Groundlings helped me more uh, than... So Gordon then you Hunt. go to Groundlings. Yeah, Groundlings, but they're both expensive. It's not cheap. Right. Right? Well, see, but Groundlings is a very, very admired program. How long were you in that? I was in there for a year and a half. Wow. And it was... Uh, Jim Wise is my first teacher, and he went around the room. He's like, now, why are you in this class? And he went around to everybody. He, he reminds me of the story. And uh, he's a great writer. Now he's worked for Leno, and now he's doing something else. But he goes, uh, why are you? And I go, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. And he goes, okay. All right. Well, the, good luck. And it's like, he's like, the guts that you, the, the, no one else would just say that. Of course, that's why everyone's there. That's all I really wanted to do. So I wanted to, I did impressions, so I would be the new Dana Carvey. I knew, I figured he's going to leave, and so I would be the next Dana Carvey. Had people told you... I mean, what thing do you think would have the greatest influence in terms of helping you? I Who do you credit most? Probably stand-up was the best because you could really build confidence. It's all about getting knocked down. When you go out, I mean, people are going to just reject you and you reject gotta you. you got to lose to win, yeah. Oh, it's just insane how many times. I mean, you, if you don't have confidence, then you start losing your confidence. You go, maybe I'm not good. Maybe I'll start changing my act for— Do you lose your confidence now? No. Never. Do you ever really. sit there, like in my career with what I do, where I'll sit there and go, it's over. You know, I'm never going to get another job again. It's over. But like, you, like that's crazy. It would be hard for you to feel that way right now. If, well, I have a six-year contract, so in six years we'll talk. <laughs> it would be really difficult for really you to Really difficult feel. for me to feel. But, but if I'm playing with you and I feel like oh, this is just uneven, like you're just crushing me, then I'll be like, then my confidence will go down. But I feel comfortable with you and I feel like I can play with you. But like if it's, you know, you were, you know, when you have someone like Martin Short and playing with him and it's like, you got to be on your game when it's yeah. Alec Baldwin or Martin Short. Or, yeah. You have to be on your game. So it's like, that's the only thing where I can feel like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Who's someone that when you're working with them like that, when you say on your game, you really got to be on your toes. They're so, they impress you. Well, you, Martin Short is unbelievably yeah. funny. It's like log rolling with him. <laughs> And then you're going off the log. Oh, it's un- oh totally. You're oh, going there's in the no river. way I can't hold my own. It's just unbelievable. He's thinking he's already on two different levels, and then he'll say some reference that 
Oh, it's so funny that I can't, my brain can't work. It stops because I go to that reference and I go, did you just bring up, <laughs> you know, I forget who he thought. He You're just, actually looking in your mind at what he just said and I he's going. I can't believe he just said that word, yeah. Higgins will do that to me now and then. Steve Higgins is our my announcer, but sidekick or whatever, but uh, he's just an amazing comedian. He's a genius. And he'll just say something and it'll just screw my head up for days because he, the other day he said uh, Mavis Beacon. I don't know if anyone remembers this. It was a typing tutor. It was a, it was a computer program to teach you how to type. Mavis Beacon teaches you how to type. It was the hottest thing in like the 80s, early 90s. It's an awful reference. The crowd went, <laughs> it was complete silence, but it stopped me in my tracks. A year and a half of Groundlings, and that stops because you're done with it, or something else happens next? Here's the good story. Uh, I get Saturday Night Live. Oh. Uh, I get an audition, Marcy Klein. And Ayala Cohen sent me to New York to audition for Lauren. They're looking for a new cast member. I go on stage at the comic strip from Los Angeles. Come in. I have three minutes. I go on the stage. I could. I did my. And you do a bit. show live in front of an audience. Or yeah. you, it's an audition with just nobody else in the room. An audience there. I see Marcy and Lauren. Lauren was wearing a hat, a baseball hat pulled down, and Marcy has the blonde hair. And I know who everyone is. And I was like, Wow, that's Marcy Klein. That's Lauren Michaels. Wow. So I go on stage and just I could just couldn't get people. Three minutes was not enough to grab people. It's tough to kill. People didn't understand the troll bit. They were like, huh? I don't know what he's doing with these celebrities with the troll doll. I don't know. And I just bombed. I bombed. You believe you bombed. Yeah. And I knew it. I was like, that one's just sweaty. That was sweaty. There was a diner next door to the comic strip, and it's like Boulevard of Broken Dreams. It's like I was sitting next to a Marilyn Monroe impersonator and drinking coffee. And I saw a guy painting. <laughs> and Red Skelton walked in. Red Skelton. <laughs> and those dudes from the Beam that were eating lunch, they came in too as well. They go, oh, that was a terrible set. Yeah. Uh, and so I went back to L.A., and I got an independent movie called... The Entrepreneurs or something. And it was, I was like, wow, this is cool. And I was doing this thing and I, uh, Warner Brothers wanted to sign me for a TV show. And I said, okay, I'll do it. But I had one out. If I get Sarant Live, I, I What can show? I, was, Hamburger Man. It was coming, it was like yeah. that. It was a thing about waitresses and I was the delivery boy. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> wait, it was called. Who was in it with you? Oh, man, I don't remember any of it. Melanie uh, Sunshine. Cater Sosa. Soul delivery or something like that. It was like a, <laughs> it was the catering service, and I was, here you oh. go. It was called here you go. You go here you go. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. Starring Jimmy go. Fallon. Hey. Oh, was, here you go. That was like the fifth lead. So, anyways, but I said, look, if I get Siren Live, I can't do the show. And well, they go, no way. I'm not gonna put that in the contract. But it was so crazy to say that they let me do it. I don't think anyone's ever done it in the history of anybody. They had put in the thing, if Jimmy Fallon gets Siren Live, he's not doing here you go. <laughs> so, so anyways I go back to audition now. how now, long how much longer after not that you long you bomb and how much they give you another shot a year and a half yeah so, so it is a long time uh, yeah or maybe a year maybe they end up hiring Tracy Morgan that's the first so it's time. their next round and you go in and what happens they said don't do the troll bit <laughs> which now that's my only act uh, for don't do the troll bit the troll bit would yeah. be they had me come back. I don't do the troll bit. I'd instead do a celebrity walkathon, which basically is the troll bit, except it's a new. <laughs> you were like, you were backstage and you were looking at the mirror going, fuck them. They didn't understand. And you're looking at the troll going, it's you and me, kid. <laughs> the troll is still in my pocket. You're coming yeah. with me. I went to Ellen Stardust Diner, 
which is here in uh, right by the Thirty Rock. Next time I do your show, I want that fucking troll doll on the desk with us. So we can talk about this. Oh, I will have so it. So go ahead, Ellen Stardust Diner. Go there. I get a cheeseburger and a banana health shake. Okay, <laughs> I will say there's no such thing as a banana. Like just yeah, like there's no yeah, healthy muffins. Yeah, yeah. They've recently changed the name of the drink to the Jimmy Fallon shake. Perfect. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back there. So I went back to the hotel and I was eating my cheeseburger, going over my act and drinking the shake, and I go. I think I'm ready for this. I'm gonna do it, and it's like it was the same kind of bit. I'm like, uh, this is the celebrity walkathon. Please, uh, everyone, come up. And I was do the you know the same thing. Like Adam Sandler. I go, uh, you know, I was telling, I told my mom I was doing the uh, the, the walk, and she was uh, she goes, uh, hey there, who hey hey there, who did it? Yeah yeah yeah. Who are you? You know whatever. But I wouldn't say who I was doing. I just. Go into the impressions as opposed to the other thing, like next up, Bill Cosby, next up, John Travolta. Yeah, this one I would just do the person, and then I just pick up guitar and I would do Alanis Morissette or um, The Cure. I remember I did, which is how, how many times can you use that in a sketch? Right, <laughs> we're looking Without for a troll doll accompaniment. Can we get someone to do Robert Smith from The Cure? <laughs> cure. I mean, we topical, we need that now. Robert. It's like, why would you even audition with that? But uh, I did, did you kill? It was great. I killed. And it Marcy Klein came out to you as soon as I. On your way out to audition, everybody comes out to you. The guy, the audio guy puts a microphone on you and goes, How you doing? Uh, you, Jimmy, good luck. I just want to let you know a little advice. Lon, Lon doesn't really like to laugh. So don't let that throw you, okay, buddy? Good luck. I go, Thank you. I go and get my hair done. The girl's like, Okay, there's your makeup uh, or whatever, your hair, whatever they go. And uh, just to make it camera ready because they're beaming it out to California, just remember, hey, I've seen these auditions. Lauren doesn't like to laugh, so just go out there and just don't let that throw you. I go, okay. He's in the wrong business. I mean, he's in the comedy business. Yeah. Why would he be this if he doesn't like to laugh? So I go out, and I start doing my, my act. My outfit is awful. I'm wearing, I look like I'm auditioning for Cirque du Soleil. Everything's so tight. A tight brown shirt and these tight, it was so embarrassing. My hair was spiked up because uh, I saw a picture of, I'm going to forget her name now, an uh, actress and she's British, and she had spiky hair. I forget her name, though. She's young. Who's she in? I, I won't, oh, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Good one. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Oh, Kate, Kate Beckinsale has spiky hair? Yeah. Okay. She had short, spiky hair, and it was cute. So I I, I changed my hair to look like Kate Beckinsale's <laughs> hair. <laughs> so well, Kate I, Beckinsale is the barometer for you in terms of fashion. And <laughs> thank you. Tonsorial <laughs> sense and everything. A lot of people think it's you know Brando. Or, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, it was for me. It was Kate Beckinsale. So Chris I Martin. had my hair spiked up, and uh, anyway, I did the other thing. And as soon as I got off the stage, I remember thinking like, it was all slow motion. I was thinking like, look, no matter what, you can always tell your kids. I was on the stage. I was on the stage, Studio Eight H where Steve Martin did his mouth, where Richard Pryor did his mouth. That's where you did the audition? Yeah. So the second one when you come back is in... In Studio No audience, just them. Just Marcy and Lauren and Ayala and Tina, I want to say, was there. Was she the head writer then? About to become the head writer, not yet. And and, and so... McKay. Curly, he was the head writer. And when you kill, and it's... Oh, McKay was there, that's great. And when you kill, and you're done... And Higgins was there, sorry. Did Lauren say anything? No. So when you're done, Marcy said something to you? She grabbed me on the way out. And I just want to say it's one of the best auditions I've ever seen. That's what they all tell me. Uh, really? They, they said your second audition was one of the short list of people where they were, with the, when you were done with that audition, they all went, he's in. Wow. He's in. I was floating. I didn't even remember. I didn't touch the ground. I got in the elevators. I took a picture of the elevator floor, the carpeting. <laughs> there were peacocks, NBC peacocks. When you're done, how much later after that do you find out? I would say six weeks. Oh, they waited that long to tell It was you. awful. And then 
I go in to see Lauren. Lauren comes to L.A. They go, Lauren would like to talk to you. I didn't give a definitive yes or no. Six weeks later, I'm in L.A. I'm doing finishing up in this movie, The Entrepreneurs. And then Lauren has an office at the Paramount lot. Sure. And you go, and I was sitting there, I was waiting. You know, his assistants are outside. You just kind of hang out. I was there till maybe four hours I waited for Lauren. Then finally I said, okay, you can come in. And so I walk in, everything's white. Everything's cream-colored or white. And it was like, it's seriously like going to heaven or something. And Lauren's sitting behind the desk. His feet were up on the desk. And he goes, uh, uh, right. Uh, right. Jimmy, uh, do, you, do you wear wigs? And I go, oh, I do this to my hair. And I, was, I wasn't going to say Kate Beckinsale, but I said, <laughs> I spike it up. And he goes, no, I mean, in character. Have you done characters where you wore wigs? Because we, we want you for the show. And that was just. So Lauren himself, face to face, was the person that told you. It was a deafening Did silence. you die? It was just, I almost started crying right Yeah, there. of course. Like, I'm going to make you proud. That, I think that was my last thing I said to him. I'm going to make you proud. And Jimmy did make Lauren proud, going on to anchor Weekend Update with Tina Fey and eventually getting the host job in all of television. Explore the Here's the Thing archives where another late-night legend, David Letterman, talks about when he reached the big time. This was it, The Tonight Show. This is going to make or break you. If, if you don't do well, you'll never be heard of again. There's, there's no such thing as a guy bombing his first time on The Tonight Show and then having a delightful career. That just doesn't happen. You're gone. Take a listen at heresthething.org. You're listening to Here's the Thing from WNYC Studios. WNYC Studios is supported by The Uncertain Hour, a podcast from Marketplace. The new pop-up season titled A History of Now is here to help you make sense of this complicated economic moment. It dives deep into the surprising origins of quarantine, unemployment insurance, and how the social safety net came to have so many holes. They examine who gets ahead and who gets left behind, who gets to write the rules and who gets written off. Because if ever there were an uncertain hour, it's now. Subscribe to The Uncertain Hour wherever you get your podcasts. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. I first met Jimmy Fallon back in 1998 when I was hosting Saturday Night Live, and he was new to the show. Since then, a lot has changed for Fallon. It's been a remarkable few years. I, I, you know, I want to actually write this stuff down because I kind of forget how it all went down. But I remember I... We'll give you a copy of this tape, then. It'll be fine. I appreciate it. You give out tapes? Yeah, we give out tapes. Eight-track tapes. I thought I could an eight-track player. It's an eight-track player, yeah. You give me a player as well? Yeah, I have an eight-track tape, and I, and I super glue a troll doll to the top of my eight-track It's a football song? It's a football song. <laughs> <laughs> this is so... Or Michael's up. I mean, it's a good... He can't talk to you. He's on with Rune Arledge. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You know, I do want to tell the story before I forget about you, though. Can I just talk about you for one second? Because I think your listeners... We're going to cut it out. You would? Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go right out. So this is a, this is a true story. I, this is probably my fourth episode ever. 1998. SNL. It's SNL. You're hosting, uh, and it's uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future. Yeah. And we're rehearsing, and you go, "What is your name?" I go, "Jimmy Fallon." You go, "Okay, Jimmy Fallon." I'm about to say your name more than anyone's ever I'm said your name. I'm going to say your name more than ever been said on TV. On TV ever. And I'm you go, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. I'm making Jimmy. a star. <laughs> Something like that. And you kept, you kept saying, Jimmy Fallon. I'll, no matter what ever happens, 
in your whole life. You could diss me every day in the press. You could come. You could throw bricks in my window. I will love you for the rest of my life. The Fallons love you. My parents love you. My parents hate people that say one little remote bad thing about me. We love you. You're bulletproof. And then do you remember this? This is the part that I have to write this down because this is crazy. Now, in the sketch, this is only my fourth show. I go, yeah, I'm the ghost of host future. Apparently, I become famous. And this is 1998. And I go, and I, I end up hosting the show in 2011. So I go, come with me to the future. And we go to the future. And it's the future. So it's a fake Siren Live opening. There's a Don Pardo robot. I'm the Don Pardo 2000. And, but there's all the same cast members. There's the fat guy from Chicago. There's the quirky girl. There's, you know, all the cast member looks like kind of similar cast to what SNL has. And when I come out to host, it's December 12th, 2011. Now, since that, my life do whatever happens in my life. I get late night to do it. I host the show in real life, in real time, on December 12th, 2011. <laughs> I mean, is that, is that insane? That's insane. It, there's no, oh you can God. Google it, YouTube it, check it all out. I mean, this really happened. It's, we predicted the future. Take us through the process. Because when people think of late night, which has obviously been churning and roiling over the last couple of years with Letterman leaves and this one comes in and this one comes in. And, and also they think of late night and think of messes. There's some messy transitions, especially yeah. at NBC. Sure. You know, meet the press and so forth, but I'm not asking you to comment on that. I almost got me depressed. Well, <laughs> I, I, they, well, they begged you. Yeah, they I didn't want to tell Chuck Todd to get a haircut. <laughs> like Kate Beckinsale. Like Kate Beckinsale. He didn't listen to me. That's why he's fired. Yeah. To the extent that you can say, because some of this is obviously proprietary and private, I mean, the way these things are done, how does that whole thing be? You're doing late night, and when do you first get any intimation that you're even in the running to become the host of The Tonight Show? Gosh. I don't know. I mean, I think... Who says it to you? Or someone says it to your agent? Uh, no, it wasn't an agent. It was Lauren, if anything. You know, I think we would just, you know, we'd go out to dinner and just talk or something and say, you know, what's going to be the next thing? Is there a next thing? Or eventually will that Did be... Did you want to host the Tonight Show? At that point, yeah. I mean, there's no knowing, real... knowing that having that job... And you've reinvented that show. I'm not saying these for your benefit. I don't have people come on the show for me to say these things, and I don't mean it. And everyone loves you. Yeah, but every time you say you, this, you, you hold up like a different sponsor. You're sponsored by, you just hold up a sign that says Subway. <laughs> Eat fresh. You don't have to do these things. All these compliments are sponsored. This compliment is underwritten by Squarespace. <laughs> Lick, Lickstamps.com. <laughs> right. I like those commentators on the sports scene. Like, I'll tell you, Alan, I think he's got a broken leg, but we'll talk about that. Hey, if you want a good breakfast, then Hardee's has the best deals. So three for one, sausage McMuffins over at Hardee's, and you'll have the best time eating Hardee's. Now, as I was saying, his leg is broken. And you go, <laughs> but Joe Franklin. <laughs> he just... Do you remember, you remember Joe Franklin? Yeah, of course. Martin Paints. Gosh, it's the greatest. Can I finish saying to you what I want to say to you? Apologize. You are the host of a show, and more than any other man that's done that job are a host. You welcome people. You welcome the audience. You welcome the audience at home. You welcome your guests. Not everybody was that good at that. Well, I like that. I think you also you have to like what you're doing. And I liked Late Night. I would have been happy at Late Night. But, you, but, you, but, Leno. but what I was going to say was you've given up things in order to do that job. You made movies. Do you miss making movies? No. You don't do stand-up anymore? I don't need to. You're, but do you miss it? I don't because I'm doing a monologue in front of people, which is stand-up. You get to do everything. I wasn't Talk about that. Who I created your show? What do you mean? But The Tonight Show now is very different than The Tonight Show was when its previous host was there. But it wasn't that far away from late night. It's kind of the same thing. Right. 
It's so so you basically title. took a lot of the late night components and brought them over, and just grew up a little bit. Yeah. You 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 dressing up as Neil Young. Not a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, but Johnny Carson would dress up as Willie Nelson. Who would do Jonathan Winters? It didn't have the same effect. Yeah. If Johnny Carson dressed up, we were like, what's Johnny doing dressing up as Neil Young? Whereas when you do it, people sit there and they go, wow, that's really cool. You know, we faked out some people when I first did Neil Young. You faked I, me out. I did? Yeah, for about count to five. And you I want to say out. Hollywood Reporter or something. We have it. I have it. The, I have a screen grab of it. And say, like, I don't know how Fallon convinced Neil Young to sing the theme song to... Uh, whatever it was, Charles in Charge or something like that. They go, but he did it. Anyway, it's really funny. Here's Neil Young singing. And it's just me dressed as Neil from the 70s. Yeah. It's not like Neil would dress like that now. <laughs> but it's like, great. He has Period brown Neil. hair. Oh, totally. But they thought, they go, it's great that we got to fake them out. But either way, it's fun. I just think, you know, Lauren has been a big help with the whole thing, just talking to him and seeing what's going on. I think once Jay called me and said, I think I'm rounding the the last lap here and I would love it if I think you got it I think you should take the Tonight Show and make it yours and keep it number one and I was like oh my god in a way did you feel that that was somebody telling you you were going to get the Tonight Show yeah well that's as good as it gets I guess I mean that's him from him yeah I mean he's held kept and it alive when, when, when did NBC Incorporated whether it's Lorne or any of the people who worked there when did they come to you and tell you you're going to do the show now I think I met with Steve Burke came down to the office and met with me and goes who was the head of Comcast, who owns NBC. Right. And Lauren was like, uh, it's going to be a fun meeting with Steve. I already, of course, Lauren knows before I know. Right. He knows it's my birthday before it's my birthday. He knows <laughs> what I'm getting. Right. He knows you're going to be arrested <laughs> before third, you're arrested. The third gift you open, you're going to love. That's a <laughs> Fitbit. Uh, so I go, okay. Um, so Steve comes down, and I kind of know that it's going to be good news. He goes, well, we'd love for you to do The Tonight Show. And I want Jay to be happy because it's, you know, uh, the, like you said, it's just always been a nightmare. He said, I'm not going to make this a nightmare. I'm making this as smooth as can be. And Jay's involved all the way. So I talked to Jay every step of the way. You know, I went out to L.A., and Steve went out to L.A. and met with Jay, and Jay was like, yeah, we'll do this the right way. Because we never had anything, any beef or anything, me and Jay. I think we wrote him into a sketch. Like a, Everyone was so afraid, to like, how do we, we don't want to screw this up. How would Jay and go, just, it's all cool. We're both adults. I'm in no rush. I'm happy. I'm in New York. I have my wife. We have a baby. I mean, this is everything's great. I don't need to move to LA. I don't want to. So I'm very happy. But did anybody think that that was problematic for you to be in New York? Yeah, I talked to Lauren about it. I go, that would be great if we just kept it here and just kept it in the studio that Johnny Carson was at, which is where we're doing later. And they were receptive to that right away. No, but Lauren was. But then we got on the phone with everybody, the president of NBC and Steve Burke and all those execs. Yeah, and all those executives and. And I just remember saying, they go, well, what are you thinking? You know, we could do it this, you know, in Jay's studio, and what's the timing for it all? And I just said, I'd love to keep it in New York. Long pause, long silence. Long silence. And they go, oh, boy. Well, okay. Well, let's, well you know what? Let's call you back. Let's all think about that. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then that was the end. And then I called Lauren. I go, how did that go? And he's like, oh, we'll see what they say. But it would make sense. Bring it back to New York where Johnny started it, where it was, where it was when the Tonight Show first began. It'd be something at least different that you could, you know, and I'm used to the building. I've worked at that building for NBC for, you know. And for people who don't know, a tremendous expense was laid out by NBC to renovate the building and renovate the facility for you. It was like they were starting all over again. Yeah, it was actually going to be a, jo a bigger thing. We cut all that out. I go, I don't want a balcony because, you know, I talked to, of course, Phil Himes, the, one of the best lighting directors in the world, and he was like, you don't want a balcony. 
Because then you're doing a bit underneath the you go in the audience all the time. If you're doing a bit underneath, the people upstairs can't see what you're doing. And they won't even laugh at that. Ah, Phil know. Himes, I would do Saturday Night Live over the arc of several years. And I love Phil Himes because he'd say, he'd say to me, stand over here and stand right there on that piece of tape. You know, you could move around more when you were young, you know. When you were young, you were good looking. Stand here and put your face in that lighting because you're, you're much older now. Like, you little bastard. He always give it to, to me. everybody. No, he does. He gives it to everybody. Jimmy, get that. And hat off, you know, whatever. And he go, oh my gosh, why are you yelling at me? I'll take the hat. He go, you can't see your face. He's very funny. Is this your costume? Is this what you're wearing? Oh God, is that your hair? Was that a wig? Oh jeez, he knows my hair. The first night you do the show, nervous. You come out. Come out. The curtain is there. It's exactly. It's so show busy and awesome. It was the most show business and moment. Traditional and awesome. I loved it so much. Ah, oh, it was so fun. But we invited him. You know, Sigourney Weaver was actually there because their dad created the Tonight Show and the Today Show. We had this bit that I did where people would give me a hundred bucks saying, I never thought that you'd do the Tonight Show. This is it. I said to my buddy who bet me I'd never do the Tonight Show, you owe me a hundred bucks. Yeah. De Niro came out, was the first guy to come out and throw the hundred dollars down and shook his head like, and then it was everything. There you go. Tina, it was uh, Mariah Carey, uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, Lindsay Lohan, uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was great. Joan Namath, Mike Tyson came out. All of them. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers came out, and it was her first Tonight Show appearance since Johnny. Since the fallout. And it was emotional, dude. She came out and she kissed me, and then like started crying. It was awesome. I, I, I said to Lauren once, and of course he was wise to ignore my ideas, but I wanted the show to come on, and at eleven thirty, you see the old Tonight Show. You hear. And Carson comes out, then you go like a record skipping, and you like then Jay's theme plays, like it's a line. Oh and then, yeah, and then, you, and then you come out like you did. Well, I kind of did that. Spike Lee directed the opening video of our show, the well, one you was, see right now. Right, it's New York City. I go, I want it black and white, because the Roots were trying to think of the theme song, and the Roots had the song, like, hey 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 hey, do 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 do, hey hey. I go, that's good. I go, but I want something like. You think of New York. I want like Woody Allen-y type of black and white, jazzy. So the show starts in black and white. And you hear... And it turns into color. Then... Then it's like, okay. So we all took the ride. I know it's only 10 seconds. But we took that ride from old to new. And it's classy and you great. And we have the giant curtain, which is like... There's nothing like it. a giant curtain. And you come out of the giant curtain, and I remember just going, this is it. I go to Lauren before the show. I go, this is the day before. I go, I think I want to come out and explain who I am, where I'm from, and who the roots are and who Steve Higgins is and what a talk show is. Because there's kids out there that don't know what a talk show is. They don't grow up with it. They stream everything. They, don't, they see clips of stuff. They don't know what a talk show is. And if there was any young Jimmy Fallon's like me out there watching... Oh, the first night is when people watch any show. They'll give it a shot. So this is a lo- big audience, a big opportunity for me to explain what talk shows are. So I go, here's what I'm doing. That's my name. My name is Jimmy Fallon. I'm 40 years old. I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I come out here, and I make jokes about the news. So in the first 10 minutes, I make jokes about the news, and then uh, hopefully you laugh, and you're in a good mood, and you go to bed with a smile on your face. That's my ultimate goal. I know this is a big job. This is a 
legacy that I never thought I'd get, but I hope to keep it number one and classy and the best it can be, and I'm only going to get better. And what I love most about the show since you've done it is that, and everyone who's done the show and all these shows, you know, have their talents, but yours is the most guest proof. You're the most versatile guy that's ever done this job. There's like nothing you can't do. So the show's going to be entertaining because you showed up. If the guy shows up and he's good, great. But, yeah, but, that's it, no, but, but if I that do. doesn't work, you're flasm, jasm, yeah, flasm. I'll do the best. You'll yeah, do something. I'll do you've got, some you've got so much stuff. Now, you have a family. <laughs> yeah. You have a wife. Yes. Nancy, a movie Nancy. producer. Yep. Um, where did you meet? On uh, the set of Fever Pitch. <laughs> She was producing the movie with Drew Barrymore. She was she... trolling the cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she was not. She was this beautiful girl who she was, happened to be the producer of the film. She works with Drew Barrymore, their partners. And she produced the movie, and I met her, you know, when I got cast in the movie. And I remember I was driving through the streets of Boston about to do a scene at, like, 5 in the morning. Or, and it's just raining, gloomy in Boston and just very dark. And, you know, that type of Boston color, it's just kind of rainy and foggy. And there's this girl in white corduroy pants with a pink sweater <laughs> and maybe a backpack, a green backpack or something, and bright, bright white smile. Just like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> She had a monkey with boots next to her. And I go, I go, uh, ¿Cómo estás? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I said, can you say I'm in love with you? Uh, and so I go, wow, she's uh, in my head like, oh, so pretty. And then my driver, you know, the, he was the union guy, he goes, oh, she's hot. Oh, my gosh. Look how hot. And I go, oh, dude, hold on. This is our producer. Let's have some respect. You know? Easy, Mickey. <laughs> like, seriously. So yeah. I go, so anyways, we just started hanging out and just being friends and just found out we had a lot in common musically. We listened to the same music. And uh, after the show, we'd hang out. We'd have some drinks. And I'd listen to, like, Harry Nelson or Randy Newman, stuff like that, like no one likes, but she liked it. And so we just started getting along, and then we were selling the movie in London. The movie came out, selling the movie in London, and uh, I see her and I go, oh, I miss hanging out with you. That was so fun. She goes, I miss hanging out with you. And that was it. So then from then on, we just never Are your friends out. the same? Um, I mean, I know you work hard. It's a full schedule. Does your job and the way you live your life now, because you've become so successful, do you find you have less time for some of the things you wanted to do with your friends? You don't get to see them as much as you used to? No. You do. You see them. It's a great excuse to not see them. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very busy. I, I prefer it this way. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. much better this way. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. see you enough. Yeah. We see each other enough, don't we? Do you have friends? Well, you and I see each other more than enough. <laughs> This hour right now, is, we're, we're good for three years now. I'll see you next summer on the beach with yeah. a piece of corn in my hand. Yeah. But, 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 but do you find, like, you have dear friends of yours, close friends of yours. Are they around, or do you have that show business thing like I do where we got to pick up where we left off and everybody's spinning around the globe all the time? I don't really have that many friends. My yeah. wife's my best friend. Yeah. I just said this the other day because we had to go to some dinner party thing, and my wife, they, and they want to split us up. You know, they do that. They go, all right, Nancy sits here, and you're going to sit over. I go, no, Nancy's going to sit with Harvey Weinstein. I, go, I don't want to do this. I want to sit next to my wife. I love my wife. Yeah. I prefer to be with <laughs> I prefer wife. to be with yeah. I can talk to her. That's why I'm married. I need my wife. Actually. I don't want to meet new people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to sit with your wife. <laughs> yeah, you have to sit with your wife. She's your problem. <laughs> I want to be with my wife. Why do I have to sit next to your wife But for? Do, your, do your dear friends, they're out there in the whole galaxy spinning around? I see, you know, the same group of people that we just, it's Lauren, it's Justin, it's, you know, Drew. It's just kind of the same people that come in and out. And That's family. Yeah. And my family. And my actual family. What keeps you sane? I don't, what, what, right what, now what, I'm not what, breaking. What do, so I don't know. I don't, everything's keeping me sane. But my thing is, is that you have such success 
maybe there's some douchebag DNA in you somewhere, but no one can find it. No, I think you're what so, it is, you're is, so... is that it's what he called. The show keeps me, whatever I think of, if I think of a dumb idea, I go, what, is this remotely funny that we're going to sing the hello video and Lionel Richie's head is the bust? And he's like a statue and his head turns up, but it's really Lionel Richie, and I'd sing hello, and they go, well, we pitch it to him. Then Lionel Richie's like, I love it. Let's do it. It's like, all right. You just think of ideas, and they happen. So I write them down, all these dumb ideas that I have. I have a thousand ideas. The pea muffin is one of them. But Who is your critical eye on the show? Lauren. Lauren is the person. Yeah. He is your yeah. consultant, though. But I have producers, too. Josh Lieb is a good producer, and Gavin, our head writer, Miles. I, you know, I talk to these guys and the writers. I, I'm close to And they to have your ear. Yeah. They t- and, and they give you notes. Yeah, and I go, do we need to do that? Or uh, I don't know. You know, Lauren will come in and go, I wouldn't do that. Do this thing, do this, that. He's still a writer at heart, and he points at the cue cards like, that would be better if you ended on that line. I go, you're right. Is there a person you've tried to get on the show that you couldn't get on the show? The Pope. We tried <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, I tried for the Pope. Turns out Are you being serious? Busy. Yeah. Yeah, turns out he's like, yeah. he's in Italy all the time. <laughs> you're like, you can't come over here? It's Italy. Yeah, he's, he's not busy. Busy. He came to New York. We'll fly you. Deal. He's down the street. He's at St. Patrick's. Yeah. It's we'll a big fly. deal. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, know, he didn't want to do but, it. But who else? Booking is such a big part of your show. Yeah, no, nobody. Nobody. No. The Queen. I'd like to have the Queen on. It'd be fun. But everyone else is just, yeah, no, he's been real lucky. They've come. Yeah. They come and have a good time. It's great. It's New York City. It's alive. It's fun. And once you do it, you go, oh, yeah, this is great. We had the best. I made sure we had the best sound, the best audio. So if you're a band and you come on and play these because you have to do these things to sell your records or your tours, this is the best sounding show on television. I got the guys that did Lincoln Center to do my studio similar to yours oh my gosh i feel like we're in a bunker yeah but anyway springsteen comes on and he loves it because it's not a stadium and it's not a club but it's it's only 200 seats it's a hot ticket and everyone who's there wants to be there they're not there because there was nothing else to do what do your parents think now they're the most proud thing in all my world. My mom still gives me criticism but they both love me they're so proud of everything my sister and they too. see you the same way when I went to that party at your house a couple of years ago, we were there, and your parents were like, your father almost looked at me like, you know, who could believe <laughs> Jimmy has got the same job as Johnny Carson? <laughs> who to figure that out? No, my mom goes, she calls the other day, she goes, you know, I thought Tom Cruise was great on your show. I go, thanks, mom. She goes, he looked really good with his long hair. I go, oh, he does, he's Tom Cruise. Goes, yeah, I really liked his long hair. I go, yeah, he looks good with long hair. He's Tom Cruise. He goes, yeah, I really like his... Long hair. I go, I heard you the first three right, times. Right. Is everything okay? Right. She goes, I'm giving you a hint. Grow your oh, hair yeah. out. It's too short. No, did she really? Oh, I'm going to hang up the phone. Oh, I started hulking out. I started, my hands were turning green. My shorts started to rip. My mother is like a sitcom character, like the neighbor in like a sitcom, like oh, from yeah. Bewitched. Mrs. Kravitz. My mom so was wonderful. Watched, all she watches is the Food Network, and she's seen every episode of Chopped twice. I don't know. I don't get the reference to anything she's saying because I, I don't watch as much Food Network as she does. So she's like, you don't know Walter? He goes like, ah, put a little cheese on it, you know, or make some slogan. I go, I don't know that guy. No, I don't. You don't know uh, Carla? What? She's like, oh, hey, y'all. I want to do it. I go, I don't know these references, Mom, but I would love that you're making these jokes. I don't know them. So act like I don't know them and just tell the story. And oh, yeah, yeah. Are you going to have your parents on the show like, like Dave did? No. No, we wouldn't? No. You wouldn't have your mom on? No. They were already, my dad was on the first show. Oh, he was? Well, not on purpose, but they were in the audience because, of they course, my audience. parents were there. And I, so I do the thing. I go, welcome. I'm glad you're all here. And I go, now I'm going to do the monologue. So let me run through the curtain and do what you're going to see every night. So I come out, do my first joke. 
Um, it was something. It wasn't even. It was okay. And then I said, and uh, who'd have thought uh, I'm hosting the Tonight Show? I'd never even uh, finished school or something. Or I'm a dropout or something. So it was a joke. I didn't really drop out of high school. And my dad yells from the audience, "We paid a lot of money for that school." He heckles me. The first Tonight Show ever. My dad heckles me. Right. What's wrong with people? He doesn't get it. I go, Dad, what, are you kidding me? And everyone's clapping and they're laughing. That's my dad that heckled me. And I go, and I go, first of all, I went to public school. So you didn't pay a lot of money for that school. So the whole thing's crazy. Chill out. Wait till the commercial yeah, break. Security. Yeah, this guy. yeah, put something in. Have him stop talking. But anyways, now they, just, they honestly can't stop talking about me. Well, I'll end with this. And that is I meet a lot of people who are content and not very talented. And you are the most talented and the most content person I've ever met in this business. Wow. Good for you. I'm so psyched. Good for you. Thanks so much for this. You can watch The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon every weeknight on NBC and at NBC.com. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing from WNYC Studios.